By the time you hear this podcast, you'll understand what it's like to sing background vocals on a breakup song about you. That should give you a little bit of a clue of what we'll be speaking about on this particular episode. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 30. Oh, yeah. Dirty 30. (laughs) (laughs) The dirty 30. Well, this episode's kind of, it'll it'll get dirty Mm -hmm. and, and, and just petty. Yeah, yeah. The pettiest. Just a little bit. I'm sure, you know, they were they were in their feelings at the time, you know, they, mm-hmm. as the kids say nowadays, you know, and that's just how, you know, that's how I was feeling at the time. You know, I didn't mean it. That's how I was feeling at the time. <laughs> They're certainly catching feelings, which, yeah. you know, if um, anybody was friends with me on Facebook and seen my, my weekly, st- I need to do another weekly, uh, um, the socially unacceptable rankings. Uh, yes. Uh, Catching feelings is still number one. <laughs> still socially unacceptable to catch feelings. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll 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 be talking a little bit about that um, and how. Um, I guess this was the kind of. I think because of this album, we got like other albums like, like Tragic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's a good point. I never thought about that. I think I think with because of because of well, 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 you'll you'll know you'll figure it out yeah. if you haven't figured it out by now. But <laughs> I think an album like that gave us Tragic Kingdom mm-hmm. in a way. So, um, uh, well, if you're listening to us, thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, there are multiple ways to find us. If you stumbled upon us, um, you can listen to our podcast on Podomatic, iTunes, uh, CastBox, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn, and Google Play. And hopefully coming soon, I, I kind of caved Stitcher. Mm. I didn't think you liked it. <laughs> I mean, Stitcher is awesome if they're listening. Hey, Stitcher. Uh, well, you know. It happens. No, I, I, I've downloaded the app before. I'm not a big fan. It's it's good enough. That's why I'm glad I found CastBox. So, yeah, Stitcher. Yay. Nothing gets Stitcher. It, it was just... Um, just trying to look for other avenues, but uh, I think it's a point like, well, uh, why not? It couldn't hurt. <laughs> Man, that's such a terrible I mean, endorsement yeah, of Stitcher. Yeah. That, but like I, we, I've used, well, if you said you used, I've used Stitcher before. I had no issues with it. Um, so, it, it yeah. Just, it could have been better. Like there's just, especially when I had my iPhone, the iTunes, um, the iTunes podcast was just better. I don't know. Like even Spotify is better. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So. I'm trying. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm checking message boards every day about adding, uh, cause now you can listen to podcasts on Spotify. Mm -hmm. That's why I love Spotify. Podcasts. I'm trying to get, trying to see like, okay, so when can people start submitting their podcast mm -hmm. to Spotify? Cause I feel like we're, we're the official unofficial podcast Spotify, of Spotify. Yeah. Um, we might not exist without yeah. Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it might be the Apple Music podcast. Yeah, and then it'd be a sponsor's Apple Music, yeah. But uh, and then if not that, you know, um, BitTorrent maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to find a way to get these tunes, man. Find a way to get this music. Then we have to dig even further. Does yeah. LimeWire still work? I don't know. How about, I'm, I'm how about, afraid to try. Well, Kazaa. I'm, I'm afraid to try. Both of gave my computers viruses, so I'm afraid to try. <laughs> or Aries. I, w I was an Aries person. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, I forgot about a Aries, Morpheus. Yeah. I had E-Donkey at one point. Yeah, E-Donkey slash E-Mule. Yeah. Yeah, kids, this is what we did before there were torrents and before streaming became cool. Yeah. This is all we had. You know, this was... It's either that or go out and spend 15 bucks on a CD that you might not like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, well, I don't know about you. I had the three song rule. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone did. Like after you got burned that one time you bought the song, you bought the CD and it was like, there were the one song you heard was the only song you liked. Oh yeah. After that. Yes. Three songs are nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, another way you can find us, uh, uh, we have a website. Yeah, we have a website. By the time you hear this, dot com. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at by the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U, because we're upstanding. Yes. Yes. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail dot com. Um. So let's just get into what we came to talk about. Uh, well, we have music, tidbits, yeah. nudes, and tidbits to talk about first. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Lord, we talked about Lord on the last episode. Yeah. She has a new album coming out. I believe it's going to be called Melodrama. Let's see here. I mean, it's it's about time she came back. 
I know I said that on the last episode too. It just seemed like it was a lot of time in between records for her. Uh, the album was actually, will actually be out on June 16th. We still got a little bit of time to wait, but yeah. She's released a second single called Liability. And um, yeah, it's uh, she has new music coming out. So for people who enjoy pure heroin, um, she has a new album. That was the name of the... When you said that, I was like, what do you mean for people that enjoy pure heroin? But I was like, wait, that was the name of the album. <laughs> it was heroin with an E, so yeah. it's not about drugs, or is it? I mean, with that's her... The, that's it, the joke. Yeah, with her it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for um, for Lord's new music. And, um, yeah, she has a new album. Uh, speaking of uh, people coming out with albums, uh, Future came out with two albums in back-to-back weeks and they're dominating the charts but yeah, I think yeah. it's just by you know hey it's new future yeah um his he is um he has the number one album which is Hendrix Hendrix is number one which came out second yeah and future the self-titled is number two but uh it's probably going to be replaced next week by Ed Sheeran's the divide. King of the the king. king of Pop. <laughs> the new King of Pop, Ed Sheeran. And uh, his album, Divide, uh, is projected to be number one next week. And uh, he has also announced a new monstrous tour, uh, arena tour, in which he'll be playing at certain places around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know where else to really go with that. <laughs> is he the next Christopher Cross? Is he this 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 generation's Christopher Cross? Because he's not the best looking guy. Admit, we'll see. He admits it too. But the thing, this is this will be his. This is third album. Mm-hmm. By Christopher Cross's second album, it was over. Yeah, I'm just wondering, him. like, is America, and I guess to an extent, the world okay to accept like an average looking dude playing guitar and singing? Like, are we at that point where we're like, oh, it's okay, you know? I think he's like the, um, kind of like a male Adele as far as mm-hmm. the, um, the appeal. I mean, visually, it's not what everyone, it's not what we see most often. Yeah. <laughs> but musically, uh, I guess what's there musically is makes up for everything, yeah. everything that, that, um, yeah. that seems to be lacking yeah. according to what we normally see on television or whatever. Had to try twice as hard <laughs> to get noticed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he has a, a big North American tour coming up. Uh, we're in Atlanta, so he is technically, coming to well metro area the metro area he won't be at phillips he's going to be at the (laughs) infinite energy arena formerly known as the arena at gwinnett center um i think that the last time he was here the last time he did had a tour that's where he was he was either there or the fox see that'd be a good show the fox but i mean that's that's just what i prefer i mean Yay, play an arena, make a lot of money, but I, I don't know. Like for me, a theater is nicer, or like an amphitheater, you know, like where Everclear is playing. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm going to that. I'm going to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like so th- it's been a while. It's been a while. I know, but it, that place kind of small. Oh yeah, I've played there before. It's very small. Yeah, they have local band night. That's how small it is. Yeah, I, mean, I think the only time I've been there was uh, remember where we were at. I think it was like maybe when it like first opened. Mm-hmm. Or I think y'all y'all played there. Yeah, and there was like a dance school. Yeah, I remember there that. There was a dance school yeah. where we do it like it was their big showcase and there that was, was this might we played, yeah, cuz you yeah. came with us. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, that was yeah. There was the they had this dance school in Carrollton had this showcase and there was this one kid who was <laughs> like they had different like age groups like these are 7-year-olds, <laughs> the 8-year-olds and it was like hip hop dancing and everything. But there was this one kid, he was in like four of the different age groups. <laughs> Like, how old is he? He's the ringer. <laughs> like, he had to be 12, but he's dancing with the 8-year-olds and the 9-year-olds and the 10-year-olds. All, all that choreography. <laughs> so they're just popping a lock <laughs> and, and it was, you dancing a different song. So, yeah, yeah he learned a lot of choreography. <laughs> yeah. And the Kelton we're referring to is Kelton, Georgia. Um, shout out to Kelton, Georgia, West Georgia. Go Wolves. Um, man, that, that town's growing. There's like a nice little, like, um, restaurant scene there now. Yeah, in the yeah. square. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've actually got like a real college bar. Oh. Yeah, I think it's called like Frank and Max or something like that. I don't know, but like it's like an actual like me and me and Matt went there. <laughs> all the food's cheap. All the beer's cheap. Um, and they've got like stuff hanging on the wall. I'm like, this is a this is a college bar. Well, I did see um, with the other the other bars that that we know of by name. Uh, there's one bar who's having like. Um, I don't know if it's like a, like an MMA fighting, a fight, MMA fight night, or it's like wrestling. Oh, that seems dangerous. Um, it's at, uh, it's at TC Rose. That yeah. place is big enough. It's big enough. Yeah. Where the stage was, they could probably have a small ring. Oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. I kind of want to see that now. So yeah, if you ever, if you're ever in West Georgia, it's the Western part. It's like. I mean, um, almost Alabama, really. Yeah, it's probably like twenty minutes from the Alabama state line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there. It's I, I guess it's a nice little. I haven't been there in a in a few years. Yeah, I went. Uh, we went for a football game, so that's how we. Yeah, we went for a football game, and then um, that's where we saw the guy. Let him play that guy <laughs> after <laughs> with the Trump <laughs> with the Trump beer koozie. Um, but yeah, then afterwards we're like, oh, let's go get something to eat. And we just, we found the cheapest place we could find. And it's a college bar. Like I was like, this place is probably popping at night. Like it's probably yeah. so crazy. Probably Thursday nights. Yeah. Thursday nights. <laughs> yeah, probably there. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they'll be able to get air sharing there. Maybe the Google dolls again. Yeah. After Everclear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'll write them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of Ed Sheeran and the, this person who, I don't think they made it into, it probably been like maybe at least two episodes since we few. mentioned her. It has been a few episodes. We're going to break the streak. Yeah. Uh, so he says that Taylor Swift is not making a new album, at least not this year. Not this year. Uh, and where'd you hear that from? Um, that was from an interview that he did. Okay. On the radio. Let me see the station. Let me see here. I saw the post. Um, and it made me a little sad because... <laughs> um, 
I think we had calculated it like she releases her albums in intervals and this was the this was yeah. the year she she was supposed to release one. Um so maybe she's actually taking some time off and um let's see yeah uh, just says Sharon confirms on radio show this is coming from Twitter. Let me see whose Twitter account though. If the internet decides to work. Intern John Radio. I've never heard of this before. I oh, the Kane, at the Kane Show. I don't know what that is. Uh, nope, not familiar. Yeah, he's got uh, doesn't have a ton of followers, but he's got enough. There it is. Ed Ed Sheeran confirms on the Ed Kane Show that Eight Taylor Swift Thirteen does not have an album coming out in 2017. I'm gonna guess that's accurate because they're friends. They're pretty close. So. Yeah. Okay. Well. I, well, not this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because she's trying to win album of the year again, and Ed Sheeran is probably the front runner to win album already, of the year next year. Already. <laughs> yep. There you go. He didn't even proclaim himself the king of pop. Like he was given that title, <laughs> so you know he's a lock. Like it's yeah. And and Adele isn't coming out with an album, mm-hmm. at least for the next ten years. I can't really. I can't think. Well. No, no, because Katy Perry don't get credit like that. I can't think of anyone out there right now who could drop an album other than a Taylor Swift that could compete with him in the Grammys. But like, I mean, t- uh, Katy Perry has been nominated for Album of the Year, yeah. but I think she lost to Taylor Swift that one time. <laughs> so maybe that's <laughs> I don't know because she had that change of the rhythm song, so she's doing something. You know, I mean, she's probably come out with. An, I mean, I would expect her to be coming out with an album of this year. Got to save it for like the summer to late summer, so you for yeah. your consideration type, you know. Yeah. yeah, my opinion at least. So don't expect Taylor Swift, but probably Katy Perry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. Well, another thing with Ed Sheeran, I think he's like the male Taylor Swift as far as like what we mentioned on this podcast. Now yeah, he has come up a lot lately. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty busy. <laughs> Uh, he does have the number one song still, The Shape of You, uh, from his album Divide. It's the number one song. Bad and Bougie is number two. They battling, man. They battling Bougie. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, I would say if you want to hear the song and you don't have access to Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, uh, and you're in Atlanta, just put it on Q100. Mm-hmm. Um Wait about ten minutes, <laughs> maybe hear. less, maybe less than ten minutes, <laughs> and you'll hear that song, followed by the Nickelback of EDM, the Chainsmokers. <laughs> that I'm going to refer to them as that every time. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, some anniversaries are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as we record today. March 9th, it is the 20th anniversary of the death of Notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Biggie Smalls, mm. uh, a.k.a. Christopher Wallace. I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, I was watching um, Notorious. Uh, I fell asleep only because it was like 3 in the morning. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I was watching it, and... Um, you know, I think that's one of those movies that we could probably do an episode about mm-hmm. someday. Um, and uh, as mentioned on a previous episode, Jamal Woolard, who played him in the movie, is reprising his role in the All Eyes on Me Tupac movie. 
Um, and it's, man, it's just, it, it's tragic. His death is, is obviously tragic, but it's like a lot of, we don't know what he would have become. No, I mean, yeah. he's, I think he's, um, been, uh, promoted to this place of being, you know, a legend yeah. and, you know, in a way immortal because we didn't get to see him. Um, I think he could have, he could have done more or been better than the two albums that he actually no, completed. That's going to be my next question. Did he, how many albums did he put out? But while he was alive too. Yeah, but he's so and there was one him. more of unreleased material, but then, you know, everything else, it's kind of been just remixes or reworkings of stuff. I think recently there's a, a duets album with him and, and Faith Evans with yeah. some reworked stuff. So that's, we don't have a lot of material from him. I mean, basically his career was like five years, yeah. maybe less than that. So yeah, ready to die in life after death. Wow, both very ominous titles <laughs> of records. Yeah, I mean, he's, even though he had what, you know, from watching the um, watching the movie or, you know, if you read about him or anything like that, Puffy wanted to make him like a pop star. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of he kind of wanted to make him a pop star while still maintaining um, his status as, you know, someone, <laughs> you know, who's popular with uh, I don't know know how you would put it popular with the hood or the urban audience or whatever kind of um, jargon that record execs want to use (laughs) but there was um, his songs did have a lot of the songs that were popular I mean Hypnotize and Mo Money More More Problems Mo Money More More problems. Problems were both number one on the Hot 100. Yeah. You know, and it's very rare for a rapper to have multiple songs be pop hits. Uh, but that's that's what Puffy wanted him to be, and I think he was on his way to 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 being that. Um, you know, on a even a bigger level than what he than what was at the time. That's crazy. Looking at it, just, I mean, literally days before yeah, it was released. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, another anniversary coming up is, uh, which I think we could also do an episode on, is the 30th anniversary of U2's album, The Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one, probably, I would think it's the album that kind of put them uh, in another stratosphere yeah uh yeah that was you know they they had a couple of songs before then but i think that particular album um i think that that album had a um where the streets have no name and it was they did something kind of well that was pretty new at the time as far as making the video to where all right we're gonna shoot on this rooftop yeah and we're gonna let people know and then just hundreds of thousands of people possibly just mm-hmm. fill the streets to watch them film this video. Um, and I mean, that's just one of the, one of the several moments from it. Uh, they seem to be, they were just everywhere at the time. 
and I believe it they won the Grammy for album of the year that year. Let's see. Yeah, this got uh yeah, with or without you, still don't find what I'm looking for, where the streets have no name. No, yeah, that was um I'm trying to see if they got the Grammy. Sorry, I was getting a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's important. I can't find it. You might be right, though. I do remember thinking. I do think I remember hearing it. it yeah, because they it beat uh, when we talked about uh, Michael Jackson's Bad. Oh, that was a good year. I remember we said that. Yeah, that was like, how, how would you choose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, um, you know, one album of the year over probably four other just Very great albums, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. So 30th anniversary of that one. And there there there's reissue of the Joshua Tree with some outtakes, demos, you know, kind of like what we talked about with uh new edition how all the expanded versions yeah, of those albums to come out right when the mini series is coming out. That's crazy. So uh so yeah, there's a reissue of the Joshua Tree with some extras on it. Um we had the iHeart Music Awards uh recently. Um and I think uh, it was dominated really by Drake. I think he had ten nominations, but he, uh, well, he and he won seven. Uh, here's some highlights of it. Uh, Song of the Year actually went to the Oscar-nominated "Can't Stop the Feeling." Wow, that's in, okay. Not even in the Grammys for um, Song of the Year, but okay. No, I Heart Music Awards blazing their own path. All right. <laughs> Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, Drake had the most nominations with 15, not 10. He had 15. And the nickelback of EDM, the Chainsmokers, had 12. <laughs> um, hosted by Ryan Seacrest. So there he, there he goes again, making... Still out there. Make, making more money. He's got like nine jobs right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> female Artist of the Year, Adele. Male Artist of the Year, Justin Bieber. Okay. Uh, best new artist, the Nickelback of EDM, the Chainsmokers. <laughs> so this just sounds like the Pop Awards is what it should be called. Uh, the best duo group of the year went to Twenty One Pilots. Hmm. Um, album of the year by genre. Okay, best pop album Adele, twenty five. Best rock album Hardwired from Metallica. Best alternative rock album Blurry Face from Twenty One Pilots. Uh. Best hip hop album views by Drake, best R and B album anti by Rihanna, and best dance album collage by the Nickelback of EDM, the Chainsmokers. <laughs> uh, the best country album Traveler by Chris Stapleton. So it wasn't uh, Sturgill Simpson. All right, they probably don't know who he is at iHeartRadio. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, they had, they, they, they break it down by genre, but everything seems to be like the poppiest, mm-hmm. the most popular of whatever. Yeah. Huh. Um, man, I'm trying to see, like, do I recognize any of these other, well, they went with hardwired. Like, did they even listen? I mean, not saying that's a bad record, but that just came out. <laughs> like, it's like, they just like. Did Metallica release something? Yeah, throw them in there. What's interesting is they 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 had they were one of the best rock album, but none of their songs were nominated for Rock Song of the Year. Okay. Uh, that went to Bang Bang by Green Day. Mm. Um, 
best uh, alternative rock song of the year, Heathens by 21 Pilots. Interestingly enough, if they have alternative rock and rock as separate categories, Dark Necessities by Red Hot Chili Peppers was nominated for Rock Song of the Year and Alternative Rock Song of the Year. All right. I, make it make sense, I heart. Yeah, that, <laughs> that doesn't make much. Um, Hip Hop Song of the Year, One Dance by Drake featuring Wizkid and Kyla. Um, he was also nominated on two other songs in that category, Controller and For Free, which is technically DJ Khaled featuring Drake. Um, he also won R&B Song of the Year, which uh, as a co-artist with Rihanna on work. Okay. Um, Rihanna won Best R&B Album of the Year, but Best R&B Artist of the yeah. Year was <laughs> The Weeknd. Oh, I have a Latin Song of the Year and Latin Artist. Yeah, Latin Song of the Year, Latin Artist. Latin Song of the Year, Duele El Corazon by Enrique Iglesias featuring, I don't know if that's Weeson, Weeson, Weeson. Clearly, I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> but, Regional Mexican song? All right, this gets, they go into it, man. Hmm. Uh, best New Hip Hop Artist was Chance the Rapper. Um like the best new R&B artist. Best new R&B artist, like Bryson Tiller. Oh, man. Uh, producer of the year, Benny Blanco. And they appear to go more pop uh, producers. Yeah, they do. With, uh, well, the other nominees, including Academy Award nominee, Max Martin. <laughs> um, they have, there seems to be no rhyme or reason to the number of nominees. No, I mean, some of these, I mean, the standard for any award show is five, five nominees. That's good. But with some of these other categories, I mean, best lyrics, you have looks like 10 One, nominees. Yeah, it's holy crap. Um, and they're going to give Love yeah. Yourself best lyrics over seven years. I heart radio. I got something to say to you people. But I'm not going to say it right now. <laughs> uh Best cover song. That's an interesting category. X's and O's yeah. by Fifth Harmony, a cover of the L King. What's yeah. her, is that her name? Yeah. 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 Um, who is actually the daughter of Rob Schneider. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, right? <laughs> uh, best song from a movie is girls talk boys by five seconds of summer. I don't... Okay. This had to be fan vote, right? It had to, it be. Has to be. Cause None can't stop the feeling. Sense one song of the year and it doesn't win best song from a movie this is just so weird oh snap so okay this is interesting um the um best underground alternative band paris was nominated but pierce the veil won. like that's i don't consider them underground uh i'm not sure who pierce the veil is i am familiar with paris that's a previous btt yht earworm yeah i think they're like a, um, a metalcore band which apparently if you say metalcore that pisses off a lot of metalheads, but um, they're, they've been around for a while. They've been around since 2006. How, how are they underground? I don't get that. Mm. Uh, best music video is Work From Home by Fifth Harmony featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Uh, that's, okay, this has to be fan vote. I, did, I don't know how these <laughs> awards are voted, but it has to be fan vote. There's a Label of the Year award. There's Innovator. Best Fan Army. 
most whoa where what the best fan army went to fifth harmony called the harmonizers oh my god shut up these people have okay so the beehive believers selenators selenators the aria daters little monsters for lady gaga lovatics lovatics (laughs) oh this is great the mendez army this is getting too creepy katie cats rihanna navy britney army skeleton click for 21 buys is the, okay the social star award jack and jack from snapchat i don't know any of these people i feel so old right now uh, i know todrick hall he does the um i know he did like some disney like remixes mm-hmm. uh and he was on an episode of catfish i believe um <laughs> jacob sartorius uh became a star and he has a a terrible song about a sweatshirt or t-shirt or something um this is creepy best fan army oh that's so weird the best tour went to the head full of dreams tour from coldplay and they appeared to be the only nominee yeah there's no nominees there. <laughs> uh the best solo breakout went to zane beating his fellow one directioner lewis tomlinson and Niall. And oh, that's another one. Yeah, not, I don't yeah. know these guys' names. Yeah, uh, I only know it because he spells his name really weird. <laughs> N i a l l. It's not Neil. This guy. <laughs> so yeah, um, this is interesting. I mean, this is yeah, this is definitely for people between the ages of like ten and, and fourteen. Yeah, maybe seventeen, <laughs> depending. Because I mean, like. So weird, the Mendez army. Like, why do people keep giving these people names? You're giving them power. Was it not enough with the Juggalos and ICP? Like, was it not enough? <sighs> Apparently not. Crazy. And, you know, this is fan army. I just feel like those are people who, like, argue over social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then make multiple Instagram accounts and just posting pictures. They brigade you. <laughs> And these are all pop artists. Hey, don't mess with the believers and the selenators. And how how does the and it, the 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 beehive gets the most pub? So how are how did they not win? Maybe because they attack people. That's not the <laughs> that's not the fan army way. <laughs> the harmonizers they try to live in. That's harmony. what a fan army does. I, I thought a fan army they attack people who who don't. Um, who don't subscribe to their beliefs, I guess, or their beliefs. I actually kind of <laughs> like the Aryanators though. That's kind of cool. Like we're the Aryanators. A lot of these names aren't that creative. No, maybe Skeleton Click because it it doesn't include the person's yeah. the, the artist name. Lavatics. L- I want to know how that's pronounced. I like the and Little Monsters. It's kind of scary actually. Um, Katie Cat is stupid. Like that, I, that, all I think of is a bunch of cat ladies. Like that's all I think of. It's just like a bunch of cat ladies. Like, oh my god, we love Katy Perry. Like, can't go to your house. I'll sneeze. All right. Uh, otherwise, I, I think the um, yeah, I heart radio. I well, I yeah, we need some more. Like, we need some rhyme, rhyme and reason. Mm-hmm. for some of these awards i know you, you're trying to you know it's meant to be fun but come on um yeah yeah 
I mean, what what do what the fan army who who gets the trophy? Maybe they have like a social media representative that comes up. Oh, they keep the trophy and then they just share it. They post it on their you know they post a picture of it on Instagram, and they get all the they get all these likes. <laughs> That'd be weird because if I, if that were me, I'm like, nah, I want this award. Like, don't award me for the craziest part of my fan base. No. <laughs> don't get don't give me that. You keep that. That's embarrassing. Um so yeah, uh what else do we have here? Okay. Uh this is one thing that, that interested me. Uh there is a company, um uh Matthew Adele, the former CEO of online dance music store, Beatport, estimates that the music industry loses out on hundreds of millions of dollars in potential revenue by failing to monetize the tens of thousands of unauthorized remixes that are floating around the internet. It is the reason he founded Metapop, the remix rights management company that uses proprietary technology dubbed Remix Finder to scour the web and create an index of existing bootleg remixes for its 8,000 plus indie label clients. Uh, he says we've had clients who thought that their anti-piracy company had taken all the remixes down and we can show them a report that there are still 10,000 out there. So why is he trying to take down remixes? Like what's, well, he is, well, let's say they're not in the pol They're not in the business of policing bootlet remixes. They're just trying to, I guess, create a hub mm -hmm. to make them available for people to listen to or download or whatever. I guess that that would be helpful to throw them in one place. Uh, because there are a lot of, um, uh, because with some companies, they'll like get them taken down. If someone like posts their remix to YouTube or SoundCloud, mm -hmm. you know, it might get taken down just because it's an unauthorized remix. But for the most part, these people who make these remixes, they're not making money off of the music itself. Yeah. I mean, they're making music when they do shows or whatever, yeah. or if they get sponsors. Um, it's uh, but this is for them to uh, what I get. I think what he's doing here is trying to get um, uh, I guess for the labels to make money and for the producers of these remixes to make money. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, he says other companies are already good at anti-piracy measures. Uh, we make sure that they are properly monetizing all the existing remixes of their music and publish a list of songs they have the rights to that are pre-cleared for remixing. So record labels can come to Metapop yeah. and uh, perhaps make some money while, you know, the producers are making some money. Uh, it does say that it's free for any label to sign up and everyone is subject to the same revenue share for remixes. 70% goes to the original rights holder. 15% goes to the remixer and 15% goes to Metapop. So they're going to get their money. <laughs> um, the split incentivizes bootleg remixers to become Metapop users as well so they can legally collect money for their work. So, um, I mean, that makes sense. Now. That makes yeah. more sense. It's not a bad idea now. And it said if they don't, Metapop still reaches out to services like YouTube to claim remixes on behalf of clients. Okay. So it's, I think it's a, um, it's basically the first of its kind, really. Yeah. Yeah. To, you know, because there, there are so many 
producers and DJs uh, out there that can find a way to remix something Mm -hmm. like different ones. Yeah. Just all around the world. Um, Like we've had, we've had uh, Hawk Jones on here. Um, He, he does it. So, Hey, if you're listening, Hey, look into Metapop and and see if that works out for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But it's a, definitely a way for uh, people can get their music heard. And, you know, there are some remixes, some, some DJs have become um, when they, they remix something and that becomes, you know, that gets played on the radio. Like for someone like, um, I'm not sure how his name was pronounced, but it's spelled S E E B. Mm-hmm. He, uh, if you've heard, I took a pill in Ibiza. Yeah. He, it's it's originally an acoustic song, yeah. right? He does the dance remix or for what you see in the video. It's his version. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And he has a lot. He he's remixed Rihanna. I think he's remixed Drake. Okay. He has a lot of remixes out there, um, that that are on Spotify and Apple Music. So, you know, I'm not sure if he's like signed as an artist to a label or something like that, or if he's just making these on his on this on his own. And they just get into the right hands. Um, but this is a way for pretty much anyone who is good at doing that to get compensated for it. Okay. Not bad. So all you DJs and producers out there look into Metapop and uh, see how that works out for you. Um, do we have anything else? I think that was it. Oh, well, one last thing. Uh, may have heard over the last uh, few days, uh, Chance the Rapper oh, yeah, yeah. donating a million dollars to Chicago public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also come a, up on some criticism. Well, I guess not really criticism, just like uh, trying to um, discredit him or just to make it not worth it or yeah, take attention yeah. away from it. Yeah. And focus on the negative. So, um, let's see if I can pull up the... I didn't know he had a million dollars, though. Like, if he's able to just give a million dollars to the public schools, like, what's he got in the <laughs> bank? Like, that's pretty impressive. And then he bought tickets for everyone to get out. Does he get out? Like, one showing, he just bought the theater out. Like, just pull up and get out. You can watch it. Yeah. So. I mean, well, he, well, as far as, like, his record sales... Mm-hmm. Well, technically, technically, he hasn't sold any albums, yeah, but he keeps everything. <laughs> but any money that he's making through touring or anything like that, mm-hmm. it's all his. Yeah. Um, so that that's the only thing I can gather from yeah. where he got the money from. But he did say that um, he wanted to take action against a severe lack of government funding allocated to Chicago public schools, which is his hometown. And he held a brief press conference at Westcott Elementary in Northbrook. And uh, he had a less than satisfactory meeting with Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner. And um, uh, he there was a a decision to overturn uh, spending money for all. Well, funding for Chicago public schools overturned the funding for it, which would have been. Uh, a $250 million increase in funding for teachers. Mm. So with that being overturned, um, 
Uh, he announced he'd be donating a million dollars to Chicago public schools through his nonprofit organization called Social Works, which was launched last year. Cool. So he's um, you don't hear a lot about this as far as what artists doing things like this. Yeah. You know, um, there's been very little. I think there are kids getting out of school. If you guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may have heard a little bit about uh, like with Akon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember Akon, guys? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, he put together a project to bring electricity to, to right. yeah, to to yeah. African countries um, or to an African country, but basically just like bringing electricity to, mm-hmm. you know, this place. And it, he was investing his own money into that. You hear a little bit about that, but you know, you'll get distracted by who's dating who mm-hmm. or who's beefing with who, mm-hmm. um, you know, and not, the because I guess I think people probably think that Akon is just you know blew all his money <laughs> and he's not um he's not making any music because no one wants to work with him yeah. but you know he's just doing other things um that he or doing things that are important to him yeah and that should be important to a lot of people and I think that's what Chance the Rapper is using his his status um his celebrity mm-hmm. for a good cause and i think it it's something that you would think it's easy to appreciate <laughs> but not really um there was an article that came out in the chicago sun times um about chance the rapper but instead of speaking instead of writing more about what he's doing with chicago public schools they're updating the public what they feel like they need to do updating the public on a custody case between himself and, um, uh, his child's mother. They also, they, there's a line in there that says, after all, you cannot donate money to benefit children. You don't know and come off looking like you are being stingy when it comes to your own child. Uh, because they're, I guess, um, reports that he wants to have the child support reduced and then have a way that both parents are financially contributing mm-hmm. to his daughter. And they're talking about living arrangements and parental responsibility. And you're trying to take, I, you're trying to, um, I guess just tear him down just because he's doing something positive. Yeah, he's done something positive, but he's not—he's not all positive. See, this is what he does with his own children, and he's donated a million dollars, but he can't donate a million dollars to his own daughter. I—I feel like that's what they're saying. (laughs) I'm not even paying attention to it. Like it's just like let just take it for what he did. This is what he did. Yeah, this is what he did. He didn't kill nobody. (laughs) It's not like he donated a million dollars, but he killed somebody. Doesn't matter. His kid, he's trying to make arrangements. You don't know what the you know what the deal is. Maybe his wife trying or the baby mama trying to take him for everything he's got. I mean, custody battles can get ugly. Who knows? So who knows what's going on? Especially when 
Um, they look at how much you make and they're trying to like, basically they might be taking more from him than the kid need. And the mother's sitting there like, I have nothing. I don't want to give. I mean, it could be a number of things, but we don't know. So why do we care? It's none of our business. It it doesn't, um, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's not um, business. You know, I, I think it's, you know, focus on the, on the good that he's doing as far as his private life. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. His private life. But trying to tear him down after we're doing something positive, that's, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just not cool. Not cool Chicago sometimes. Um, but uh, that that's all we have for this first segment of news and tidbits and what have you. So, Ben, what's your earmark of the week? Can't make fun of me for this. Going back here. Uh, I am. Probably am. Um... <laughs> It's uh, it's Robbie Dupree. Um, Hot Rod Hearts. Wasn't even a single, I don't think. Well, compared to Steal Away, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was something that... I can't remember if they suggested it via my Discover playlist or they looked at my Yacht Rock playlist and were like, you should add this. And either way... Either case, um, I, I like this song. I don't know why it wasn't a hit, but, you know, hey, it's all good. All right. So <laughs> I've never heard this song, so this well, is going to be interesting. I've been listening to it a lot this week. So this is Hot Rod Hearts by Robbie Dupree from his self-titled album. And we will be right back. Together, cheek to 
he's, I'm telling you, he's more than just steal away. He's got a lot to offer. <laughs> so, uh, Robbie Dupree, Hot Rod Hearts from his self-titled album, Robbie Dupree. I might cover this, make it a hit. <laughs> <laughs> so you can check that out above with among our other BTTYC earworms. It is a playlist on Spotify and it is public. I'm sorry. It had not been public this entire time. <laughs> Shame on me. I ain't got no followers. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it's among the list of all our other, um, uh, earworms. So before we get to our main topic, we have our indie Instagrammer of the week. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, there, I guess you could say there was a lot of competition, For real? <laughs> like a few different, uh, indie artists, uh, uh like, uh, one of our posts. So that's interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, with this particular installment, this artist's name is Keela. I'm, I'm guessing it's Keela. Um, okay. Uh, she is on Instagram at Keela C, uh, K underscore E Y L a dot C. She is a singer songwriter. Um, I think she's Puerto Rican. Um, I think that's what that flag is. <laughs> as part of her Instagram bio and I see the Statue of Liberty so she's from New York too I guess um, she has an EP on Spotify called Sagittarius Emotions um, that's such an interesting name <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well okay Ben with, as you know the rules with the indie Instagrammer of the week this is an independent artist who like one of our posts on Instagram mm -hmm. and we're going to listen to one of their songs for the very first time mm -hmm. uh, so Ben why don't you pick a title she has an EP here called Sagittarius Emotions and you pick a title of one of the songs and we'll play it <laughs> these titles oh god lies and shit that's so funny um you know what? Let's go with week. It's the shortest. Therefore, I'm going to have to assume it's the, it's the poppiest. It's the catchiest. If it's the shortest, in my opinion, that's probably going to be your radio song. So, but then again, it has no listens. Well, it's, um, because I guess because it has the same spelling as whatever this group or band is, Okay. then it gets kind of, it's kind of consolidated together. Oh, yeah, that's week. All right. Maybe an SWV cover. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> this is Week by Keela. I never felt so weak Like how I felt with you Ooh. I lost all my sanity loving you Baby, there ain't no need to have oh, the truth. No, that is too dissonant. I was not brought up this way. I messed up this way. I was too weak to say I deserve oh. way better. You ain't ever gonna find better than me. And we both know this. In case you That's haven't noticed, <laughs> I was the best you ever had. Held it down, but you stuck around for you. I never felt so weak. Like I felt with Either she's sharp or the bass is flat. 
little disorienting. Yeah, as somebody with yeah, okay, so it wasn't just me. I was gonna say because I, I have a I have an ear that's I don't have perfect pitch, but it's pretty finely tuned. So when I hear stuff like that, it it's very hard to listen to. Um, God, that was too like that was someone was off. Either she was off or the bass was off. I can't. I I don't know which was off. Yeah, I mean, this is something that you'll run into when yeah. we're listening to independent artists. It's something may be off um it's not mixed right or um somebody's playing is off do you think like it was someone playing a real bass or you think it was from a computer or yeah that's probably that probably was not a real bass it didn't sound like a real bass to me um it sound like so i know like every now and then like when you're recording like you'll you know how you see some people they'll take like one earphone off yeah. Um, a lot of recording engineers and producers will tell you to not do that, especially if you're not used to recording, because you might sing flat or you might sing sharp, but you won't you you don't always sing in key with what you're singing along to. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like because this isn't early, right? When did this come out? This is this came out last year. Okay, so I mean, if if, if she had never recorded before, if she was still new to it, um, she might have done that. Just like she might have been doing the one ear on one or ear off method. And um, she just wasn't, you know, she heard herself because typically most singers will do that because you're not used to hearing yourself um, in any other way besides, you know, like hearing yourself. Yeah. Like not you're not used to hearing it through headphones. You're not used to hearing it maybe through a monitor, like on the floor or something. If you're if you're a live performer, you're used to hearing that. But when you're hearing that, you're hearing, you know, kind of everything. But most people will do it like and I've done it before, too. And you don't listen to. You don't listen to the voices coming in your earphones, which is essentially your recording monitor. You're listening to how you sound like just out in open space. And so you mo- you don't always match what you're singing to. And so that's what that sounds like she did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's It was very tough to listen to. Yeah. I imagine it was tough to record. <laughs> I wouldn't want to mix that. that. I'd have to be like, no, I quit. I can't. I can't mix this. Uh, well, I have nothing else to add. Um, it it was a little disorienting and, um, but Hey, uh, we're, we don't mean to be discouraging. Yeah. That was just one song. (laughs) Lies and shit might be awesome. You know, we're just not going to listen to it. (laughs) No, at least not right now. Um, but uh, I haven't started the playlist for our indie artists, but um, I will soon. I'll go back and uh, uh, compile the artists that we have listened to so far that are on Spotify. Yeah. I, not all of them are. Um, I, I'm sure of that. Um, okay, so we started our show here with uh, the live recording of well, the live performance of Silver Springs from Fleetwood Mac's live album, The Dance. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting fact about Silver Springs. It is included on the 2004 remastered version mm-hmm. of this album, but it was not on the original version. And of course, we're talking about when well, this came out 40 years ago. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. 1977. I would feel old if I was born in the 70s, but I was not born in the 70s. So I don't know. <laughs> but damn, this is a really old album. Yeah, yeah. so um, we'll be talking about Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Um, 
you know, I posted on Instagram, this may be the pettiest album ever made. <laughs> uh, everybody was going through something. Every, everybody. Except for Meek Fleetwood. He was the only person who was just like, I'm just here to, I'm just here to make music, man. Like, that's all I'm here to it do. Is, it is. It, there is a song about him, though. Yeah. Like about his family or like. Yeah. Yeah. He was the only, he was the only one with kids at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but there was, there was a lot of things going on with this band at the time. Uh, they had just had their first successful album. Yeah. So uh, the crazy thing about this, this yeah. was their 11th album. Like this was yeah. like they, and like with the album, so the one that you just mentioned, like, um, and I think honestly, if I can say like the what kind of really made me start paying more attention to this album was when I realized it was their 11th album. And I went back and checked out like the first few and completely different band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with the self-titled one, of course, you know, that's when they got Lindsey Buckingham. That's when they got Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Um, some members left the band and they completely changed their sound. So one of the prominent members that left the band, uh, Bob Welch, Mm-hmm. was a guitar player yeah and he had a hit song after he after he left the group um i heard on an episode of cold case uh, <laughs> should, should they sponsor us too <laughs> they can't oh, is that show not it's not on anymore no it went off the air like seven years ago oh god i thought it was still it hasn't been released on dvd because of all the music they used mm. they didn't get the rights to for the like home video. Okay. So it's just, it, it airs on Ion. Is that the channel? Oh, <laughs> it, God. Yeah. They airs and reruns on Ion and probably WGN. I wish I got that channel. There's good stuff coming there. But um, yeah, they use of his songs. And of course, they've used Fleetwood Mac songs mm-hmm. on several occasions. Um, probably. Uh, with the song rumors, probably the first song that you may think of, uh, that's probably a little more recent, probably not that recent was, um, don't stop, Mm -hmm. which was the campaign song for Bill Clinton (laughs) when he ran for president. Yeah. He ran and was elected president. Um, that's crazy. I just thought about that. Yeah. Has anyone else used it? No, that that's his song. Like I think even with the uh, when he comes out for the conventions and he comes in to speak, they still they play that song to introduce him. Fleetwood Mac gets paid. Yeah. Oh man. I guess so. Um. Okay. So yeah. Okay. That's why I'm hearing it. Yeah, you're right. At the 2000 convention, keep putting people first. Keep putting bridges. Keep building those bridges and don't stop thinking about tomorrow. And as soon as he (laughs) stopped, song starts playing. And then in 2004, 2008, 2012, man, that's. I feel like it. Do they do it like when he comes out, like like he's a wrestler? Like, <laughs> is that Bill Clinton's music? <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the ring <laughs> from Arkansas. <laughs> or they introduce him like a basketball player. The oh, let's see, we was. The 42nd president of the United States. How tall was he? Standing at 5'9". <laughs> oh, God. That's hilarious. Yeah, because I was like, I know I keep hearing this song, but no, other people didn't use it. It was just Bill Clinton. That's hilarious. What's interesting is that it was, you know, it, it's 
you may consider a cheese. Some people may consider a cheesy song. Um, this was written by Christine McVie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was clearly she's the optimist of the band. Yeah. If there, if you could say yeah. that that there is one. <laughs> um, you know, and like I said, with this album, people were going through breakups. Uh, John McVie and Christine McVie were separating, mm-hmm. and um, she wrote this song with uh, giving her with her perspective on the breakup and she said it was just a feeling it seemed it just seemed to be a pleasant revelation to have that yesterday is gone mm-hmm. it might have been it might have I guess been directed more toward John but I'm just definitely not a pessimist mm-hmm. so she had a like a positive outlook yeah, and is, made a song out of it. Yeah, this is definitely one of the more positive songs on this record, um, in tone at least. I, I should say hopeful songs, you know. So, yeah, you make well, you make loving fun. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, she is the pet. She is the optimist because you yeah. make loving fun was also very uplifting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she was she was the happy one, and hell, I mean, hers was a, a divorce. Like it wasn't even like a, oh, we're just we're on and off. We're gonna break up like. Buckingham and Nick's like this was like a yeah yeah she tried to like yeah, she wanted to have a positive outlook while <laughs> Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham are just throwing shots at each other yeah <laughs> like uh, you could like I was saying before we started recording when you see um, them play Silver Springs which she said was about Lindsey Buckingham you can see it and like they're looking at each other <laughs> it's like I still don't like you like, <laughs> it's been 30 years I still don't like you um but you're gonna sing on this song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, I get when we recorded our last episode, um, came to the uh, the decision to to speak on this album. So, I guess for you, Ben, what what's the, what sticks out to you first? Um, listening to because you said you've been you listened to it straight through a couple of times. Yeah. So, my, yeah, my drive back from. Um, from Providence Canyon in Columbus, I listened to it, and then I was listening to it at work. And <clears throat> I think what kind of made me keep listening to it was secondhand. Ooh, I hit the table. Secondhand news. Um, and I think the reason why is because I thought they were using a drum machine at first. I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. But like it was, like I had never really considered listening to the entire album. Like I had listened to all the singles, which were like "Go Your Own Way," "Dreams," "Don't Stop," "You Make Loving Fun." Um, I listened to all those singles. But I'd never really, I'd always heard about how good the album was, and I'd never listened to the whole thing, so I decided to kind of listen to it. And like, yeah, if you listen to it, it kind of sounds like a drum machine almost. Uh, I was reading about this, uh, where, uh, this is secondhand news that you hear right now, this is the first song on the album, and um, I guess for a while they planned for this to be the first track on okay. the album. Yeah. Um, uh, they had used. I, I thought they were using something as far as the. Uh, I, I, what's interesting is that with Lindsey Buckingham, he wanted to. He he's he was thinking of like different methods of recording mm-hmm. things, and he and the co-producer Richard Dashett, um, they put together four audio tracks of guitar, and used uh, chair percussion. Hmm. Um, and I was trying to like, what is, what's chair percussion? I don't know. I mean, it... Um, 
That's interesting. I, I don't know what a chair percussion is. I was thinking of like, what's the drum that you like you can sit on? What, djembe? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of something like that. Uh, they use a naga hide chair. Okay. Um, and that's what gives that that drum sound. Okay. Because it's definitely a different drum. Like it doesn't sound like anything else on the album drum wise yeah um and then also like his guitar playing like the um like so if like when you hear the beginning of the song you hear kind of like that that the um sounds like a scraping noise kind of yeah yeah he you know he kind of basically is like kind of you're muting the strings and just kind of like picking them like in a rhythm yeah, that's yeah. how he's known to play the the uh as a, he's a finger picker Yeah, he's very percussive when he plays he he does not use a pick at yeah. all he uses a very he uses almost kind of like the Shet Atkins style of guitar playing, which is very difficult to do, um, especially and sing at the same time. Yeah, um, and I think because I was I was kind there's of, a there's a um, on the dance. I know the song isn't on yeah. rumors, but Big Love, his him mm-hmm. playing Big Love live. I was I've heard it several different times, but I'm like, how how does he do that? No, yeah, and I was gonna say it's like amazing. I used to be ignorant to his playing. Until you played that song for me, <laughs> and I was like, okay, so he's playing the bass line, he's playing the melody and the guitar, and he's singing, and then that's when I went back and realized, as he was playing, um, what's this, the, um, geez, well, I can't think of the name of the song, the Stevie Nicks song, Landslide, mm-hmm. um, he's playing that, he's also, that's why he's able to play the solo, as, you know, by himself, it was just him and, you know, Stevie Nicks up there playing it, I'm like, how did he do that? Oh, it's all him. <laughs> it's all him. He's he's probably a very underrated guitar player, and I think it's because he's probably known more as a songwriter than he is a guitar player. But he's actually a really you know a very skilled guitar player. Uh, with this particular song, Secondhand News, um, it is a song about him and his breakup with Stevie Nicks, <laughs> of course, and it was inspired by the redemption he was finding in other women yeah, <laughs> after he broke up with her. Um. Uh. <laughs> yeah, lay me, lay me down to do my stuff. Yeah. I was like, that's I was trying to think of what the what that line was. But yeah, like, um, lay me down the tall grass and let me do my stuff. Like, <laughs> that's literally getting over someone by getting under someone. <laughs> yeah. Um. And it was be and that's redemption. Well, you know, I guess hey, everybody has their own, their own yeah. kind of redemption. So basically, he was feeling better with uh, rebounds. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, get get it how how you, how you get it, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he's, a rock, he's a rock star, man. That's just <laughs> and um, uh, one. Uh, this is Fleetwood Mac biographer, biographer Donald Brackett says the irony. There's irony in the lines that says. One thing I think you you should know, I ain't gonna miss you when you go. Yeah, yeah, because she's still right there. Yeah, next exactly. <laughs> she's about to go in the booth and lay down her vocals for this song, her background vocals. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I wrote a song about you. Yeah, I wrote a song about you. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Just going back and forth here. Yeah, that's and that's one cool thing about Fleetwood Mac. Because I mean, I'm trying to think like how many bands can you think of that had three lead singers. To where, like, you know, yeah. all three people could carry a song. Not only could they write a song, they could also carry a song, and then they can step back in the same breath and, you know, throw in some, like, nice, real nice harmonies on it. Um, which really worked. And so, like, that brings me to the other thing that stands out to me, which is the chain. 
which is like I I think that song like cuz I mean like they're like Dreams is my favorite track on the album but I think the chain is like the standout showstopper track because everyone's everyone's singing on that track. The, uh, it has the distinction of being the only song on the album uh, co-written by everyone yeah, in everyone, the band. Yeah, like everyone's staple is on this song. And it was because it was created because it was pieces of songs they worked on separately mm-hmm. and they brought it together to create this. That's why you uh, were the... Uh, I guess you say there are three different movements. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it's just yeah. it's beautiful the way the guitar is 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 recorded with um like I said you know he's very percussive with his guitar playing so on the acoustic guitar like when he's picking the strings with his finger he picks them hard um that's how he kind of gets that like that blue sound um yeah it's just man it's <laughs> he uh he plays a I'm not too familiar with this instrument, a dobro. Yeah, dobro. So it's um, dobro is a guitar. Um, it's an acoustic guitar, but it's got like a metal thing in the middle. So Josh yeah, used to like have face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. got like the yeah the metal over where the sound hole normally would be that gives it more percussive sound. A lot of blues guitar players use it to play slide. Yeah. It um yeah it has a, a metal face on the on the top and um yeah. There goes her picture right here. Um, it kind of, it, I guess it kind of, you may mistake it for a banjo. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it looks, yeah, but it looks like it's, it looks like an acoustic guitar with this big metal plate thing mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> but, and that, he just gets like really yeah. nice, just metal. He just gets really nice tones from it that fit what they're doing. So. Yeah, uh, and then so, some of the yeah. like the buzz that you hear on the strings will come from that as well. Yeah. So they, you know, they're combining country. You may think country when you mm-hmm. hear that instrument, and then they have some folk elements, mm-hmm. some rock elements. You know, and you have this. It's the Fleetwood Mac sound, you and know, by combining end, all these things. Like with the, the bass line that comes in, and then basically it turns into like a jam at the end, like an all-out just kind of. The tempo changes. Lindsey Buckingham starts playing a really cool guitar solo. Um, but yeah, like I remember, like even before I really knew the background of rumors, this just sounds like a breakup happening. Like this just <laughs> sounds like this band is like they they were like, all right, this is the last song we're ever gonna do, and after this we're done because all of you did like everyone did each other wrong for some, like that's what it feels like. Everyone did each other wrong, and this is the last song we're ever gonna do together, and we're just gonna call it quits. And that's not what they did. They went on to be even more yeah. successful. Um, it has the, well, like I said, it, all five members of the band are credited as writers. And and this bass line, so poignant. Like, it, yeah. it's a very famous bass line. Um, and just what everybody was going through at the time. I mean, this is... I think this... this I would say this song is, is the definitive song of the album. Like, it, yeah. it oh, defines... Yeah. Um, all the the themes and everything that everybody was going through personally mm-hmm. um within the band and you know their regular lives um this this connects them i mean this song literally you know changed them together no pun intended no, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah it's almost it's like okay Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks are breaking up John and Christine McVie 
their marriage was breaking down. Mm-hmm. Mick Fleetwood and his wife were breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's crazy. It's yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, but it's it's almost like it starts out haunting and then it just ends like very aggressively. Yeah. So, and it's you know just everyone. Um, working on something separate and it's like spliced together mm-hmm. uh to to make this and um yeah i mean that's you can start with i mean yeah, you can listen to the album straight through or you can start right there <laughs> exactly <laughs> you can start with the jade it's um no yeah it's uh i forgot what i was gonna say there well no i was gonna say um it kind of reminds me of like what paul mccartney did with bands on the run where there's like three distinct you know very distinct sections Mm-hmm. Um, with this, there's three very distinct sections that they just they brought together, and it works. Um, I imagine if they were going to make a Fleetwood Mac movie, this would be the song, like this yeah. the the Temptations version of Papa's Rolling Stone. This is their version. They go into the <laughs> studio. Everyone argue it. They record the song, <laughs> and then like John and Christine are arguing. <laughs> I could see that happen. <laughs> And it's just like and Stevie Dicks, they're like throwing stuff at each. I don't know if they threw stuff at each other, but they're probably throwing stuff at each other. Like in a hotel, just throwing (laughs) stuff. I could see that. Someone's got to make this movie. (laughs) Rumors, the movie. I'm I'm pretty sure there are there probably like thirty Fleetwood Mac scripts out there. (laughs) I would love to see that, like, because I could see it. Because I know, like, some movies don't like to cover like the entire span of a career, but like they they might focus in on like one part. It could be the movie could just be focused on the making mm-hmm. of this album, definitely. Like coming off of the tour for for you know the self titled, um, I don't know for some reason I would say it starting out with them performing Ryanan, and then going like them walking off stage, and like they're going to make the next album and like coke parties. <laughs> so that was and I guess so to talk about that that was the other part of it that I didn't know was happening. I didn't know that they were like partying until you know two three seven in the morning. Just mm-hmm. going crazy, you know, just like all all the coke and all the drugs and and then let's hey, let's record an album. Like <laughs> Um Like I couldn't imagine yeah. doing that. Like I was in a band with a guy, um, and I will not say their names even though I know they don't listen, but just to be nice, um, the guitar player would get drunk at the studio. Like they paid all this money and at the time I was a college kid, so they didn't ask me for anything. Um, I think they tried to come back later and do it, but I'd never give them anything, but, um, they're at a studio that they've paid a lot of money. And I know it's a lot of money because I knew people who had recorded there and like, you know, you'd have certain people record, like the drums might record theirs and the bass and the, you know, the rhythm guitar. And then when it came down for him to put his stuff down, he was always drunk because they would bring like a cooler of beers with them to the studio and like he's just he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't have to record anything until like the end of the session so he's just sitting there just drinking and drinking and by the time at the end of it he is hammered so hammered that he's just getting up there and he's just playing crap and he's like sounds good yeah see if you can do this and he's just playing like this bad stuff <laughs> and like you just I look at the rest of the band they're like oh god like, not again like and I was and so looking at like the fact that they're able to like do coke get drunk and then put this out <laughs> i mean it's hey <laughs> i mean that they, they it was you know i guess just an art imitating life kind of thing yeah. um <laughs> you know and 
this was um like this was okay this was the second album with Buckingham and Knicks mm-hmm. yeah. right mm-hmm. um and it says that they they, they fought a lot mm-hmm. Buckingham and Knicks fought a lot and they only stopped when they were working on songs together yeah that's <laughs> that's the only time they could get it together <laughs> uh maybe it's like hey all right let's 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 get this money uh, exactly. maybe it's something like that um uh, and with Mick Fleetwood, he was he discovered that his wife was having an affair, affair with his best yeah. friend. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. He was not he was not the only one not going to bed. He did find that out. Yeah. Uh, and wait, so <clears throat> she is the younger sister, Mick Fleetwood's wife. Just mm-hmm. to add some more lore to this or whatever. She's the younger sister of Patty Boyd. Really? In which the song Layla is written about. Huh. Right? Let me yeah, make sure yeah, I got Patty that. Yeah, Patty Boyd, right. yeah, that's um uh George Harrison's wife. Yeah, in yeah. which the song Layla was written about her by Eric Clapton. <laughs> which was also covered by Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Close. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> that's, that's really funny actually. So there was, um, I guess also with the making of this album, um, you know, the press trying to get the inside scoop, um, it led to some inaccurate stories. Yeah. Uh, Christine McVie was reported to be in the hospital with an illness, mm-hmm. uh, Buckingham and Nick's were declared the parents of Mick Fleetwood's daughter. That was the funniest one I read <laughs> just because there was a picture. Um, they wrote about a return a rumored return of original members yeah. for a tour. Uh, and the band did not change its lineup. And this was, <laughs> this is the classic Fleetwood Mac lineup. And yeah, it's, I think this is the one everyone yeah, knows this. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Bob Welch. People, people barely know yeah. who that is. Um, and they sounded really good, but I mean, yeah. it just wasn't a commercial sound. Um, and that was one thing that, you know, I read about them when they were making these albums is that Lindsey Buckingham really kind of became the creative force. Yeah. As far as making sure that, you know, I mean, he was about making stuff that would sell. He was, you know, whereas, you know, um, McVie and, and, um, and um, they came from more of like an improv- improvisational background. Yeah. And I think if you like, look at... You know, um, let's craft these songs. Let's see if that was it. I know with... I think we played Secondhand News. Mm-hmm. And I think it was with that song. Um, yeah, for an example of, of Buckingham being the creative force. With Secondhand News... Um, they had the, you know, they had the unique percussion sound using the Naga high chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John McVie plays bass. He had, a, he, he recorded a bass part. Um, that was, it, it was described as melodic and flowing. And mm-hmm. then while McVie was on vacation, Lindsey Buggingham recorded his own bass line for the song. <laughs> he pulled a Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and, that seemed to work better mm-hmm. and he just 
uh, there's a song he wrote. He's like, look, this is my song. This is all what it sounds. That's funny because I would I would <laughs> like to hear the original baseline because as I was listening to, it, I was like, this baseline doesn't move very much at all. Like it kind of stays, like at certain parts, it stays on the root note. I'm like, it just doesn't move very much. So I'd like to hear, and I was like, that's not like um, Fleetwood. That's not like him. He's typically, uh, uh, John McVie, he typically has kind of a lot of, his bass lines move a lot. You can hear it on like, you can go in your own way. You can hear it on um, Don't Stop. Like his bass lines move a lot. So I thought that was very, I thought it was very static for him. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, it said that he, Buckham recorded his own bass line. And then when McVie came back, okay, he re-recorded his part, but then he added some stuff to like, okay, I'm going to still make it seem like I, I did it, it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, I mean, that's an example of, of Lindsey Buckingham kind of probably controlling too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that would be, that would also make a very, um, you know what? Let, let's we should do some research and then we'll write our own screenplay for the making of this album, <laughs> if there is a one out there. Um, I think the the dynamic between I, I, Lindsey Buckingham may be the um, the Bobby Brown or the David Ruffin, <laughs> the Joe Jackson of oh, the film. <laughs> you gotta have one. You gotta have every, one. Every, look, every band has one. Uh, it may be on different levels, but mm. every band has one. Um. Uh, there was a song that you were just talking about that we could uh, play. Oh well, with, with "Go Your Own Way." Yeah. Um. Another one of the like definitive songs of the album. Um. Mm -hmm. And this, it's, what's even funnier here. too is like, for Written someone by Lindsey Buckingham. So of yeah. course, <laughs> someone who's new to Fleetwood Mac. You wouldn't think that they had this many of their like staple songs on one album. Like yeah. you would think clearly these are on separate albums. No, this is like that's how in the zone they were on this album. Uh yeah. there was some a little uh, internal there was some infighting with this song because mm -hmm. of um uh well first the song was inspired by the song Street Fighting Man by the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. And there was an issue uh, that I found this out recently. Uh, I would I understand that there be an issue with uh, a lyric or two. Of course, this is a song about Lindsay's uh, Lindsay Buckingham's breakup with Stevie Nicks. Mm -hmm. um, he has a line that says, "Packing up, shacking up is all you want to do." <laughs> Basically, say that Stevie Nicks all she wants to do is uh, sleep around. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she took issue with that. <laughs> She wanted the, the, the lyric removed. Um, she resented him for, uh, for that because, you know, she, that's not the kind of person she was. And he knew that's not the kind of person <laughs> she was. Uh, but I doubt that's part of why I said that like, Hey, this it's album's kind of petty. petty. Yeah. That's petty right there. Uh, and then she still had to come in and, and, sing, to come in and sing vocal, <laughs> sing backup vocals on that song. <laughs> And then she would say, it was just an angry thing that he said, every time those words would come on stage, I wanted to go over and kill him. Jeez. <laughs> he knew it, so he really pushed my buttons through that. It was like, I'll make you suffer for leaving me. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, oh, you'll hear this song a lot. I think this, you know, you'll hear it featured in, in movies. I think it was featured in Forrest Gump, most yeah. prominently that, that, I, that I can remember off the top of my mm -hmm. head. 
Um, but it's kind, it's kind of petty. It's, yeah. it's petty song. See, I didn't know that about it's that line because I knew he was very like aggressive in it. Like whatever, go your own way, leave. Like pack it up, shacking up. Um, oh man! And also the just the, the being the creative force and being a little weird. Um, the uh, the drum part of the song. Uh, was demoed by using Kleenex boxes. Hmm. And um, Mick Fleetwood said, uh, Go Your Own Way's Rhythm was a tom-tom structure that Lindsay demoed by hitting Kleenex boxes or something. I never quite got to grips with what he wanted, so the end result was my mutated interpretation. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hear that now, because that's what he's doing. So he's... So yeah, so yeah, he's hitting the floor tom and the snare, kind of. Huh. That's interesting. Okay, okay. Although it sounds like he's hitting the bass because he's still hitting some of the cymbals. So or maybe he's just doing that with his left foot. And some of you people might be a little confused. As well, he um, <laughs> uh, there's some maracas, yeah. cymbals, and cowbell. Yeah. Got to have some cowbell. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, uh, another Lindsey Buckingham. Uh, Controlled production. Uh, <laughs> they told and they totally warped the meaning of this song in Forrest Gump too, because this is when he's running. Yeah. So it's like you can go your own way, you can run. When it's yeah, actually, it's kind of like, like you can do with you, you can. It's it, I think it's sometimes interpreted as you can do it, do what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm gonna do with I do what I want. Yeah. But in but in the actual song, you're like kind of throwing shots at that person yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, the uh, one thing that that well we talked about before we started recording, um, you know, like I said, uh, this was this is pretty a pretty petty album. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song called "You Make Love and Fun," mm-hmm. <laughs> written by Christine McVie, and um, she was inspired by an affair she was having with Curry Grant. I don't know who Curry Grant is. Um, I'm not sure that is either. Yeah. But she was having an affair with him. And to avoid flare ups, it says she told her then husband, John McVie, that the song was about her dog. Yes. <laughs> like, how long can you keep that up? Eventually, he's going to learn it, right? Has a very bluesy, RB ish feel to it. But one thing yeah. that's interesting is that you can. If you hear the song, you can tell who wrote it. Who in the band wrote the song, mm-hmm. I feel like. No, I, I agree. Because they all had, like, so while they were all, they're all songwriters, they all had their own styles. Yeah. So, like, like Dreams, that's Stevie Nicks. You can just you can just tell. Like, it sounds like a Stevie Nicks song. This, along with, like, Songbird, this sounds like Christine McVie. I mean, it does, and even yeah. if someone else sung it, you know? I mean, <laughs> at first, it could sound like Stevie Nicks wrote this song, mm-hmm. but with... Uh, not just with Christine McVie's vocals, but the way the vocals are put together. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's, she wrote this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it's uh, Stevie Nicks, it's kind of like her singing by herself and maybe minimal, yeah, uh, uh, like less less emphasis on on the background vocals. Yeah, and then with uh, Lindsey Buckingham, it's pretty busy. Yeah, uh, as far as either with with guitars or 
or with percussion. Yeah, he likes there's something stuff. different happening. Mm-hmm. There's different layers. Um, and I would say with yeah. with Stevie Nicks, yeah, her recordings are the most minimalistic. Like even if you listen, like you listen to Dreams, Goldust Woman, you could even go as far as like I used to get Dreams mixed up with Gypsy because yeah. they have a similar feel. Um, just like very stripped down, subdued, very me- mellow, you know? Like I think, um, I remember off the top of my head, like Dreams is like two chords. Like that's all it is. But it still works. Like it's, and the bass, you know, he tries to do a little bit in between, but it's basically built off of two chords. But it still works. It's still, you know, um, it's still my favorite song from the album. And I know that's like the easy way out because that was the biggest hit. Um, but it's just something about it. I feel like it's gotten more popular, too, within like the last 10 to 15 years. I think a lot of people cover it lately. Um, let's see if there was a... Oh, usually there was, like, we'd see, like, who's covered this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I have a Fleetwood Mac covers playlist. Nice. Well, I see the chorus covered it. That was in... Um, yeah. Oh, did they release uh, it as a single? Okay. <clears throat> let's see who I have. Um... I have uh, someone named Danny Carlos and someone named Catherine Alcorn. Okay. Uh, the Cores, I think they did. Um, they covered Dreams. Yeah, I know. I heard um, Whiskey Town. I think it is the band that had um, yeah. Ryan Adams in it. I don't. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm out. I haven't heard. Well, of I have. I'm just saying. Like he was in that band. They covered it. It's pretty good. It's very weird. It's got very Ryan Adams vocals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Ryan Adams sounds like he sometimes sounds like he's not trying. And like that's his thing. But yeah. Um. Well, yeah, like you were saying with, uh, I guess, with, with saying with the Stevie Nicks, her, um, uh, her recordings mm-hmm. are minimalistic. Is that the word? Yeah, no, yeah, they're very, okay. <laughs> like, they're just, there's not a ton going on. Every now and then, like, for short periods of time, you'll hear a few layers in there, but for the most part, like, it's just, like, this song starts out so stripped down. Yeah, just, just like, there's just not much there. A little bit of guitar, but there's just not much there. Uh, this song, uh, this is, uh, this is Dreams, and she wrote the song like the year before and she took a piano and kind of wrote the song she said she wrote the song in about 10 minutes yeah <laughs> and she wanted to she had it had a, it has a, a, a danceable beat to it which was new to her and when she played the song the rest of the group didn't really care for it it seems like that's funny <laughs> that's <laughs> That's interesting. Um, uh, but they did, and they they eventually recorded it, uh, and uh, Christine McVie described the song as having just three chords and one note on the left hand, and boring. When Nick played a rough well, no, version, I imagine, of the yeah, I'd imagine for someone because I think Christine McVie is classically trained, so this is probably very boring for her. <laughs> like there's, and honestly, she probably added that third note in there to give herself a lead-in note to another chord. Like, I guarantee you, like, Stevie Nicks didn't write that there, but she probably didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> um, 
And McVie changed her mind after Lindsay fashioned three sections out of identical cords, making each section sound. Oh, yeah, I forgot there is different. a there is a middle part where they kind of change some things up. So that probably it's like yes, something to break it up. But he created the impression that there's a thread running through the whole thing. So yeah, right here um, that part, yeah. So yeah, it just changes up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like like well. It, we got to make this into something. Yeah. I mean, probably the lyrics are good, but mm-hmm. musically we have to make this interesting. Um, yeah, that's, that's what she would say that. <laughs> but no, that I mean that makes sense. I mean, Christy McVie is a very is a very good piano player. So, and sense. this is um, this is Fleetwood Mac's only number one single. Mm-hmm. They almost they almost blocked a blessing. It, <laughs> it almost didn't happen. Yeah, because it didn't sound interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Um, this song has been covered by the Coors. Um, it was for their album Talk on Corners, and they've done it on a couple of their different live albums. Uh, house music duo Deep Dish recorded a remake a remake with Stevie Nicks mm. on the vocals. And um, so um, yeah, yeah, no, this is but so this, like I said, this is my favorite track from the album. Um, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the showstopper. Like I said, I still think that's the chain. But this one, there's something about this one. It, it it never gets old. No matter how much I listen to it, it doesn't get old. And I think it's just because I like the groove. It's just got a nice little. Yeah, like Mick Fleetwood and John and John McVie were like really tight. That was another thing I was thinking today. I was listening to them. Um, like you can tell they played together for a while. Yeah, like they're really in tune together. And just to explain to people what I mean by tight, like <clears throat> um, usually when you have a bass player and a drummer playing together, you want the bass player and the drummer to sync on the bass notes. So like the notes that the bass player is playing and the kick drum. So the boom boom. Typically, you want as much of you want as many of those hits to match like if you listen to this like they're every single one is matching like they, it sounds it sounds more pleasing um and honestly you get that you know from um from mick fleetwood not really wanting to be terribly complicated like where some drummers might have probably added in another kick just because they want to add something interesting it was like you know he's like no i'm just gonna match the bass i'm gonna follow that bass you lay down the groove i'll make sure that i follow it and they sound, they they sound like a really groovy band. They probably got that from playing blues. Really, you you, you see that in a lot of blues and jazz and soul. Yeah. So, uh, what's interesting about this is like um, what we mentioned before. How you know how with Adele having hit songs as like ballads, mm-hmm. <laughs> big hit songs, yeah. in which that's really not all that common anymore. This is 1977. Disco is at the height <laughs> of its powers. Yeah. Um, the, it, this song was number one for one week, mm-hmm. preceded by "I'm Your Boogeyman" by Casey, Casey and the Sunshine that. Band, uh-huh. and then after that, it's "Got to Give It Up" by Marvin Gaye. Yeah, two <laughs> so, disco songs. <laughs> so, um, it definitely was, you know, with that sound, you know, it, it was able to stand out, and you know, it's popular. It's one of their most, um the most popular songs. It's their only number one song. And, mm-hmm. 
it's <laughs> I guess sonically boring a little. Yeah, well, I mean, like I could. I could it, well, I guess at first it may have seemed sonically boring. Let me see if they if there's a if they have a demo version on this reissue. Because I imagine like if you didn't write it, I'll just probably, have an alternate take. It's probably pretty boring to you. Like if you're like just sitting there, like man, what the hell? This don't change. But like the Stevie Nicks, <laughs> she's like, ah, oh, this song means everything to me. But Lyrically, it, yeah, yes, it means everything to me. <laughs> the to them, the lyrics just, have to make up for it. And they're just bored. They're like, yeah, does it do anything else? Like, <laughs> so yeah. Um, another uh, an interesting song that's on here is I guess it gets, it's it sounds like so happy and mm-hmm. positive, but it's really not. Is never going back again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who wrote that? Which one? who wrote that one? Of course, it was Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> Uh, not a lot not a lot of lyrics with this one Um, but it it sounds like it's a happy song Mm -hmm. but it's it's really not Um, I mean there's nothing else on this it's just him right on this one uh, right it's just him um. Yeah, there was. Um, there was a uh, some percussion with Mick Fleetwood playing the snare drum using drum brushes, and the song was called "Brushes" for a while. But then they removed the drum brush part. Uh, but on a later release, they restored the drums. And uh, it adds a little something different. Let's see if we can find that one. We might not have that one to play. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they put on the um, re on the reissue or re-release. Let's see how if if this is it. Oh, he's in drop D on this. I didn't know that. Okay, on the fourth fret. I don't know if this is gonna have drum brushes or not, but this is an early demo of it. I bet he plays in drop D a lot. That probably is how he's able to play those nice bass lines. That would make sense. That makes so much sense now. I don't think it's coming. (laughs) I love that playing. And that's just him. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah, he's good. This is one instrument, one guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's very good. Doesn't get the 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 Yeah. Let's see if this one was hit. Ah, yep. there we go. There we go. I like I kinda like this. Oh they took that out. Yeah, that's not the original. <laughs> huh. This is the acoustic duet version. Okay. But it does have the the brush the brush drums. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Oh. That's a backing right? vocals. <laughs> more I wasn't vocals expecting on there. that, yeah. Hmm. It's, it's different. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, I can... Uh, I'm, I'm too used to the other version. I mean, I like yeah. this, but I'm too... Well, vocals-wise, I'm too used to the other version. I don't mind the instruments, but yeah. Um, That's different. Yeah, but it, it's... you. I guess you don't hear a lot about the um, other versions of... Um, yeah, I mean, you just don't hear a lot about the, like, the alternate versions of songs or what it could have been, mm-hmm. you know you may think of how songs are recorded and think they, they just did this and then that was it (laughs) in one take. Um, but yeah, I like how, you know, I guess the, the more that you listen to it, I mean, you'll find that, um, Lindsey Buckingham may be underappreciated as a, as a musician. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, you get to see what I guess what he was bringing to the band. And I think over on their next album, Tusk Mm -hmm. is really where he began to, where he began to shine um, as far as his arrangements and his different, um, his different uh, approaches. Like he, um, and on Tusk, he started to use punk rock and new wave influences and uh, different instrumentation. Um, and um, I'm trying to think, I don't. I'm trying to think of what's on Tusk. I don't think I know much from Tusk. I can um, hear about the record. I know I know the song Tusk. Um, hmm. Let's see what were the singles here, uh, Sarah. Not that funny. Think about me, sisters of the moon. Hmm. Tusk. Well, <laughs> Tusk was the first single, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it was a four-sided album. It had twenty songs on it. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Holy crap! Um, it's kind but, of a big deal back then. <laughs> well, yeah, I think most albums they had like eight or nine. <laughs> yeah. This one has twenty, so it's kind of like a double album. Um, well, some, let's give some stats about, uh, about rumors here. It is, I believe the sixth best selling album of all time. It's up there. It's like 45 million. Um, Um, yeah, yeah, 45, uh, well, as far as total certified copies, it's at 27.9 million mm-hmm. claimed sales, 40 million, mm-hmm. which would make it third all time behind the Eagles greatest hits, their greatest hits, 71 to 75 and Michael Jackson's thriller. Um, and then, um, yeah, Grammy album of the year. 
won the Grammy for album of the year. Um, let me see what else. I, I think it won some other, some other awards. Ken uh, Kelly got that award. One of those awards. Father <laughs> of Kobe Kelly. I wonder what that was like growing up for her. Cause what year was she born? I wonder if she got to know them. I don't know. Um, she was born in 85. She, Kobe Kelly is younger than me. Psh, get out of here. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see what the other awards are, but I don't. It's the 11th best selling album in UK history. Uh, yes, they did win album of the year. Uh, who did they beat? Let's give you a little comparison here. They beat uh, Asia by Steely Dan. Hotel California by the Eagles, JT by James Taylor, and the Star Wars soundtrack. (laughs) Wow, Hotel California and Asia. I gotta love Asia. That's a good (laughs) record. That's the that's um, Black Cow's the first um, on that. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good album. Oh man. See, we only talk about the best. (laughs) See, See, we only talk about the best. This is why I like. Spotify, like if I were on Spotify, I couldn't listen to some of these albums like back to full, like cover to cover. Yeah, man, that's a good album. I've not listened to Hotel California um, cover to cover though, but Asian Rumors I've listened to cover to cover. Uh, that's that's a good year. That was a good year. So that was 1978. I thought Asia was older than that, but I guess I was wrong. What's interesting here, I believe it looks like that was the only Grammy that they won that year. I think that was the their peak, if you will. I mean, it was. I was thinking like this isn't one. This is not an album that like necessarily um, like. And I think so. I was trying to think of like you know why is this album not placed above others? And because I honestly I think this is, I think this is better than anything the Beatles have ever done. I know people might the Beatles stands or the Beatle Army or the the Beatle bots, I don't know what they're called, might come after me. But I think people give more credit to the Beatles because what they were doing wasn't being done at the time. And although this was a better written album, it wasn't like it wasn't anything that they hadn't done already. It wasn't anything that hadn't been done already. It was just that they went in and they took an art that existed and they basically perfected it. They're like, All right, we we know what, you know, what pop music is right now. We know what pop rock music is right now. Let's go in here and like do it better than anyone else is doing it right now. That's what they did. So like, there's nothing revolutionary about this album other than the fact that it's full of really well-written songs with three singers that can, that could all sing that like, you know, put it all together to sing together. Well, um, but yeah, they're better musicians than the Beatles. They're better writers than the Beatles yet. You know, like people will still say, you know, Let It Be and Abbey Road and The White Album and Revolver and, you know, Rubber Soul. They'll put all of those albums above Rumors. And I would say, <laughs> I would say why. <laughs> um, so that's my little, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's significant because of, like, it, it's... If you read, if you're reading about how this album was made and what the songs are about, mm-hmm. this sounds impossible. Mm-hmm. It's that's a very tumultuous recording. 
Like I, I wouldn't want. I'd be like, nah, bro. I'm getting divorced. Can we put this on hold? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I feel like that's what would happen right now. Um, although, like you said, we got Tragic Kingdom out of this. There's, there's another album. I'm trying to think of where like somebody was going through. I think it was a Bush album where like he was going through a divorce and he did it, but I can't remember. But I mean, like, come on, man. Like, I feel like most artists nowadays, like, I mean, you can also look at, um, you can, well, you know, because of something like this, we can, um, well, I don't know about you, but a lot of people can respect, uh, Lemonade. What were they going through? What was Beyonce going through? What I mean, were, were there issues between her and Jay-Z? I'd always heard that was manufactured. That's why I'm asking. Well, I well manufactured or not, I guess that's the perception. Yeah, that's what, that's like, what oh, her man, album that's was fake. about. And that's what I thought. I was like, that's pretty... Like, when I heard Lemonade, um, I was like, this is a pretty personal... You know, but then everyone was like, oh, it's just fake. They're fine. So I was like, oh, so it's all made up? It's marketing or... People who said that, that that person who said that to you probably believes in the Illuminati. Well, no, I just this is what I read. This isn't what I heard from people. Well, that yeah, so. that person who wrote that believes in the, the Illuminati. Illuminati. <laughs> um, I think you can also look at um, all three of Adele's albums, mm-hmm. really. Um, but definitely, but the one that stuck out to me was Tragic Kingdom because they were making it together. They were ma- they were making the album, and, sh- and Gwen is coming here. Right? Oh, another song about Tony. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it, but it just sounds impossible because all five of them are going through mm-hmm. stuff. Not just one, all of them, and with e- and and in two cases with each other. You mm-hmm. know, it's. I, it's amazing that this album was made, but I think it was just a, you know, um, they're, I mean, they're musicians. Like we're going to, you know, we're going through all this stuff, but we're going to, I want to channel this into mm-hmm. what we're doing, Yeah, you know? And they, they all came to that, at least agreed on that to where, you know, they're going to channel all their turmoil into art and, um, get an album that I think I think even though it's sold this many copies you know um, it only probably really resonates really with maybe the generation before us mm-hmm. uh, not so much ours and most definitely not the ones after <laughs> you know um, to them if you say rumors they'll probably think the Lindsay Lohan the, album. <laughs> yeah they won't even care they're just like Ugh. um so yeah, I I think it's it's underappreciated. I mean, it sold so many, you know, probably because well, it was an era where people bought records, bought yeah. records, but also you know there was there's a a fan base of and, and a group of people who appreciate it who are older than us and have a different appreciation for music, mm-hmm. um, maybe slightly greater than me and you personally, yeah. but still, yeah. <laughs> still pretty great. Um, and it's, um, man, it, it's, I, it's, it's just still, it, it, it amazes me that this was made, mm-hmm. um, you know, overcoming things that they were going through personally and mm-hmm. they, they turned it into something that, um, I think anyone, going through a breakup should listen to, uh, anyone who, um, 
is trying to rebound <laughs> should listen to <laughs> I mean, it has those songs you, you know um, <laughs> you know and to look into um, I guess to appreciate the how three people who probably separately are geniuses in their own way mm-hmm. are able to work together. It's hard for, for geniuses to like be team players. Yeah, honestly. it really is. Um, and they, they were able to put this all together. It's um, just yeah. from listening to the album the last couple of days, I definitely have a new appreciation for it because it's something that, I, you probably wouldn't think would happen that mm-hmm. that that could happen considering the situations that everybody was in. I gained a whole new respect for Christine McVie um, because I saw her as a marginal songwriter, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I didn't realize she wrote "Don't Stop." Um, I didn't realize all of the, the music she had contributed as a soul writer, and so that's why I had to step mm-hmm. back and went, "All right, bro, you sold a short. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> you know, you get you had the respect for her now." Um, I thought she was just like, I'd always seen Christy McVie as just like some chick who's just along for the ride, not realizing, you know, she wrote don't stop. And then, you know, you make love. Well, I knew she did, you know, you make love and fun, but I didn't know she had written even stuff later on their albums, like, um, everywhere. And, um, little lies, little lies. What's the, the other one? Um, when the loving comes and the say that you love me. Okay. Like I didn't, all those songs. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She has, she's actually responsible for some of their most popular songs that had to give her some respect there. So, yeah. Um, I think, uh, man, I, I just keep thinking about the, the movie that should be made about oh, this. No, it'd, be, it'd be a good movie. And you have to like, honestly use the cover, use the album cover. Like, yeah. It's an intriguing cover. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's interesting is, uh, um, the, Oh, I don't think they even mention it in the, in this article here, but what is that? That's, um, that's, I think that's I Mick Fleetwood Mick, mm-hmm, on the cover, right? Yeah. Mick Fleetwood and Stevie Nicks. What is that he's wearing? What's that on in the front? That's like hanging down. What, what are those? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, what are those? <laughs> is it his big balls? I don't know. Like, yeah. Those are like truck, the, what are they called? Truck nuts? Yeah, that's what they look like. The, yeah. Did those exist in the 70s? I don't know. Possibly. I don't even know. What would they be for? Right. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that could that's that's the poster for mm-hmm. the movie. Something something to that effect. But um definitely this is an album that I would recommend anybody um who appreciates music will listen to should listen to. If you listened to it before, listen to it again and, and I think you'll gain a whole new appreciation for it like we have. Yeah, definitely. And I mean honestly it was just <laughs> just by chance, like thank you Spotify, just by chance, you know, just on there like oh, Fleetwood Mac came up somehow and you know just by chance. Hashtag yeah. Spotify sponsors. <laughs> so all right. Um, well, that's what we'll do it for our discussion on the rumors album. Uh, definitely, we'll we'll have some more albums down the line that mm-hmm. you know. Um, only the best. Uh, only the best. Yeah. Um. So we'll get to my year rumor of the week. What I suppose. Got? What you got? Um. 
Did I have one? Is it Fallout Boy, Ghostbusters thing? No. (laughs) (laughs) I am not afraid. (laughs) Um, This is, uh, I guess this is um, her second appearance technically on uh, the list. Um, She was on a song that featured, well, she was featured with Timbaland. Uh, This is Mila J. And this is a song... it's very interesting to um, anytime someone samples Summer Madness by Cool and the Gang, mm. it can it can either it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be really good mm-hmm. or just kind of eh. like, you know, people may have feel a certain way about Summertime, DJ yeah. Jeff and the Fresh Prince, which sampled it. Um, there's a. Uh, there's another band that sampled it. I can't think of off the top of my head, but um, to sample Summer Madness is something that's like, um, it sounds like so common mm-hmm. that maybe it's, it may get a little, it's kind of a cheap move mm-hmm. maybe to do yeah. it. But I liked what she did with this particular, with, with how she sampled it uh, to where he kind of sampled it, but then, um, she didn't like just use the track itself and gotcha. find some place to loop it. Okay. Uh, so this is uh, her song is called "Kicking Back." It's from uh, an EP called Two One Three. She's from California. I'm gonna say what's what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're going to play that "Kicking Back" by Mila J, and we will be right back. Everybody know I ain't about that drama, oh yeah I like what I started I'ma tell you right now I plan on chillin' so hard right now I ain't taking no calls right now I'm kicking back and I'm lighting up Doing what the fuck I want Just roll the wood, I'm feeling good Just me, myself, and it's done Everything I do is way up, man If anybody good, I swear it's us, man I'm happy, I'm chillin', I'm good I'm kicking back and I'm fighting, I'm chilling, I'm good, I'm kicking back and I'm fighting, I'm chilling, I'm good, I'm kicking back and I'm fighting, I'm kicking back and I'm fighting, I'm chilling, I'm good, I'm kicking back and I'm good. Everything good over here, yeah, everybody know I ain't about that drama. Everything good over here, yeah, everybody know I ain't about that drama. Oh yeah, oh look what I'ma tell you right now, I plan on chilling so hard right now. I ain't taking no calls right now. I'm kicking back and I'm lighting up, doing what the fuck I want. Just roll the wood, I'm feeling good, just me, myself, and it's done. Everything I do is way up, man. If anybody good, I swear it's us, man. I'm happy, I'm chilling, I'm good. I'm kicking back and I'm vibing, I'm chilling, I'm good. I'm kicking back and I'm vibing, I'm chilling, I'm good. All right, that is Kicking Back by Mila J from her EP 213. And it's on the playlist right now, BTTYHT Earworms on Spotify. It is public, so now you can see all of them. And that is the 60th song added to the list. It's the 30th episode. Indeed. 
Um, so that's going to do it for our episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, why don't you tell people where they can find us? That's that's a, I was going to say too. That was a that's a pretty good album. Pretty good topic for our thirtieth episode. Yeah, yeah. I feel good about that. I feel good about that. Um, as usual, you can find us on. Uh, geez, well, online, you can find us on bythetimeyouhearthis.com, where right after this, the show gets posted, you'll see show notes, um, you'll see links to um, the pages where the stories came from, you'll see a link to the podcast, you can actually listen to the podcast, you'll get a link to, is there a playlist for this out, for this for this one? Well, we'll link, we'll, we'll, link we'll link, we'll link that out. Yeah, it's like, we we'll don't need to, album. we'll link rumors, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just link that. Um, you can find us on Instagram at by the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U, because we are upstanding yes we are yes we are same spelling for our email address at gmail.com facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled the regular way because facebook is they don't like that i guess they just don't like that i don't know Um, spelling with the word you is even more upstanding yes (laughs) you are upstanding (laughs) you can find us on Castbox. you can find us on TuneIn radio you can find us on podomatic you can find us on google play itunes um did i miss any I said Castbox because that's the one I use. Uh, Satchel, Satchel podcast. podcast Radio, which is awesome because you can find local podcasts also, and eventually Stitcher. Yeah, so plenty of places to find us. You know, come check out the blog; it's up and going. Um, I'm going to try to get some stuff on there in between shows too. Um, I'm uh, I gave my girlfriend my copy of 2K and Madden, <laughs> so they're retiring. Can... So I can do, so I can be, do useful stuff. That doesn't stop me from asking if I can play it, but um, I'm trying to be more useful. That game was taking up way too much of my time. <laughs> so now that I, I don't have that, um, yeah, I have a lot more time to do other things. I feel like a drug addict that got off of something. It's like, now that I stopped shooting up, I have all this time for my friends and family. So yeah, so expect to see more, you know, useful, productive things coming. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I think you said it. You said it all. <laughs> you said all that is necessary to say. Um, as far as our next episode, uh, well, we haven't made any decisions yet, but you'll find out soon enough. Mm-hmm. And um, we hope to um, continue to. I mean, I I really enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not have um, a lot of people listening, but I do get. Um, some feedback. Uh, there's a uh, a radio show I produce, and one of the guys he's a um, he has his own podcast. Uh, well, I mentioned him on on here, Jay uh, Jay from the Switch Style Podcast. Um, he he's catching up on the episodes <laughs> that we've done so far. I need to catch one of his. They do a lot of um, album reviews, a lot of new stuff that's come out. I need to listen to. Uh, apparently, I need to listen to Thundercat. Never heard of <laughs> um, he has a he has a song that he did with Michael McDonald and, and Kenny Loggins, and I was immediately sold. Like, okay, well, okay, I get a chance. Me, I'm gonna right now, listen actually. to that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they have they have an episode. The Switch Style Podcast has an episode where they review his album and a, and a lot of other albums. They review a lot of the new stuff, and um, I feel like with us, we do like a history lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. Uh, definitely check out their podcast as well. Um, so what can we, what can we, in, what can we end it with? Cause it, could it be something that we played already? Cause I could just do that, like a live version from the dance, like from what we started with, hmm. it could be don't stop or the chain. 
Uh, actually, on the dance, the first track is the chain. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. The chain. All right. So, oh, yeah. we're gonna end the show with the chain. Uh, their version or uh, well, their performance from the live album, the dance, and uh, that's gonna do it for our show. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace. Thank you.